Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Happy Easter and welcome to Brave Church. You know what? This is such an incredible day as we are celebrating the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know what? We have people that are literally watching right now all over the world. And we just want you to know, welcome to Brave Church. You belong here. It's something that we say often and we really mean it. You know what I also say a lot of times is you're not watching this on accident. There's a reason why you've tuned in to this today. And people all around the globe are celebrating Easter today. In fact, besides Christmas, it's really one of those seasons and holidays where more people celebrate this all around the globe than any other day. And you've chosen a great day to tune in to Brave Church, to be a part of a church celebration that is celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know this, that already we've had some incredible worship. That's the songs that we sang just before I came out. And I want you to know something. Our prayer today is that this service is an Easter gift to you. That something that is said, a song that is sung, a word that is spoken would just encourage your heart today. Wherever you're watching this from, around the globe, we pray that you'll be blessed. We pray that today you'll be filled with so much hope and so much courage. You know, Easter is one of those days where usually people dress up and they are in their pastel colors and everyone's excited to do Easter egg hunts. And what we know is that Easter's different this year. We're all in our homes. We're confined in some space. We're online today. Usually in our building at Brave Church, we are adding services. In fact, this year we had planned to add, I think, six additional services and all of them are going to be cram-packed with people. But Today, I'm filming in an empty auditorium, but you are in a place where you can have a full heart. You are at a place where you can really sense the presence of God today. Even though Easter may look different than it normally does in years past, one thing that I know is that the spirit of Easter is just as powerful today. But I do also realize that we're celebrating this Easter in the midst of a crisis, That we are in the midst of a dark time in our our nation and in our city. And in fact, this Easter could be a time where there's a lot of fear in your heart. And I was reminded of this story that I heard years ago about the fact that apple trees grow in cold climates. In fact, apple trees, in order for them to grow, need a winter. And so the scientists came up with this idea. They said, if we could discover how we could produce a winter season in a tropical climate, perhaps we could grow more apple trees and feed people in countries all over the world. So guess what they did? They said, why don't we simulate a winter season, a dark season for these apple trees? So they took these apple trees and they took them to a tropical climate and they did just that. They simulated a dark season, a winter season. You say, well, pastor, how'd they do that? Very simply, all of a sudden they took those trees and they stripped the trees of their leaves. They literally ripped the leaves off of these trees in a sudden wave of just like just pulling the leaves off. And guess what? The trees actually believed it. The trees thought it was winter time. If you follow this story, it's a true story. Those trees, they survived the winter season. 
the simulated winter season. They survived a dark season. And that next spring, in that next summer, they produced enough fruit to feed thousands of people. Do you know what I discovered? That in Honduras, they have apple orchards. It should be impossible for them to grow apple trees. It's a tropical climate. It's like here in Miami. They need a climate like in Washington State. But they have been able to discover how to produce free fruit in the midst of a dark season. You say, well, why are you sharing that with us today, Pastor? Here's why. All of us are in a crisis right now. You may feel like you're in a dark season in your life. You may be watching this and you feel like, man, my leaves have been ripped off. Maybe you feel like you've lost something this Easter season. Maybe it was this week. Maybe it was last week. Maybe you have suffered a a financial defeat. Or maybe there's been a relationship that in this difficult time, that relationship has had some struggles. And you are seeing that there is darkness in your life. And you may be watching this today saying, well, pastor, what, what hope is there for me? What hope is there for us in this dark season? Can I tell you? This Easter season, our theme is simply this. Hope is here. I believe that my objective today is really clear. And my objective, I believe, is just to bring you hope. To let you know that hope is here. That you may be in a dark season. You may be watching this right now and you may be feeling so discouraged. You may be tuning in today and you're saying, man, I just need a word. I just need something to help me get through today. You may be looking at that screen right now saying, man, come on, pastor, just give me something to make it through this season. I believe that God has a message for you. I believe that no matter what's being ripped off of you or stripped off of you in this dark season, God knows how to produce fruit in this season for your life. I want you to know something. That all of a sudden, that all of society, the entire globe is in this dark season. But to God... It's a preparation season. To God, this is a season where He's not taken by surprise. In fact, let me say this. Easter is a great time for us to remember that even though the leaves have been stripped off of us, even though things have been ripped out of our lives, listen, if you stay faithful, if you stay filled with hope and realize Easter celebrates that hope is here, let me promise you something. You will get through this season. And you will produce much fruit in your life. We say, I I don't really think that sounds a whole lot like the Easter story. Let me take you back to that Good Friday. As you know, we celebrated Good Friday two days ago. And if you missed that opportunity, you can go back on our YouTube and watch our Good Friday service. Take communion with us. But let me take you back to that moment just over 2,000 years ago. The disciples in Jesus are walking around the city and they're walking around the ancient world and they're healing people. They're doing miraculous things like unbelievable things are taking place. They are at the height of their economy. They're at the height of their ministry. Everything is going so good. Everything is going so right. And all of a sudden, Jesus is in the garden praying with his disciples and he gets betrayed by his best friend. Have you ever been at that place where you've been betrayed by someone? Have you ever felt like, man, I feel like everything in our system has betrayed us. Everything, the rug's been pulled out from underneath of us. Can I tell you, Jesus is familiar with that. Jesus is in the garden with his friends and his best friend Judas betrays him with a kiss. 
He is then put into the guard's custody and he is taken into the high courts. He is falsely accused. Jesus hasn't done anything wrong, but it's a setup. They begin to have a trial for Jesus and they find him guilty. That leads us down a road where Jesus, his beard is plucked out. Jesus is beaten beyond recognition. He is given a cross to carry up Galgotha's hill and Jesus, our Savior, is crucified. An innocent man, crucified. But I want you to pay attention. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, there are three people that are at his feet. His friends Peter and John and his mother Mary. Now can you imagine going from Everything is great. We're living the best life. Man, things couldn't get any better than this. And in two days' time, you're watching your son. You're watching your best friend. You're watching the Messiah bleeding to death on the cross. How could so much going good turn out so bad so quickly? Can I tell you, that's a question that a lot of us have been asking. Can I tell you, Scripture says that Jesus is familiar with every part of pain, every part of grief that we could ever endure. Here Jesus is on the cross and his friends are there. I don't know what that must have felt like to be his friends. I certainly can't even imagine what it must have felt like to be Mary, his mother, to see her son on the cross. And Jesus, in the Bible, his words are recorded. And in John chapter 19, we actually find the moment just before Jesus dies. And look what it says in John chapter 19, verse 25. Standing near the cross was Jesus' mother, his mother's sister Mary, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciples, Here is your mother. And from then on, his disciples took her into his home. We know that from the cross, Jesus is taken down and he is put into a tomb of a rich man and he is buried in this tomb. And what we know as we find this story is that their reality and their expectations had a huge gap. In fact, let me show you what you're probably feeling right now. Over to my left is a graph and it shows us how our expectations look like this. Everything is going up and to the right. Everything is going good. And all of a sudden, reality hits. We have our expectations, and then we have all of a sudden reality. And then there is this gap between our expectations and reality. And that's what many of us today are really struggling with. Pastor, what do I do with this gap? You see, for many of us, that gap is is filled with fear. It's filled with anxiety. It's filled with worry. It's filled with all kinds of just just things that cause you to be nervous and anxious. But can I encourage you? Easter is a reminder that hope is here. Come on, as you're watching this today, hope is here. Whenever your expectations and your reality look different, that is a great place for you to fill that gap with Jesus. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus is here. That's why Jesus, we've been praying just before I preached just now, I was praying that the spirit and the presence of Jesus would fill that room right there where you are to fill that gap between your expectation and your reality. And today I want to give you three things 
about our hope. If hope is truly here, then help us out with this thing called hope. Let me give you three elements of this story of Jesus dying and put in a tomb that gives us hope. They take Jesus off the cross. Darkness has fallen. Their future is uncertain. Their dreams are finished. And hope is gone. Let me give you these three things. If you're taking notes, would you write these down? Come on, it's Easter Sunday. I want to give you three life-giving principles that will help you, not just today for Easter, but for the rest of our time as we're navigating through this. Number one, you have to understand something. God is moving before the dawn. God is moving before the dawn. Check this out. Scripture says this, early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. Can I show you something here in this verse? It was still dark. It wasn't even technically morning. Like for me, morning is like, you know, after the sun is up. I don't like getting up while it's still dark. That's why I like the spring forward time where the time changes. Because I like getting up and the sun is out. Typically that's morning for me. But morning, as we know, starts way before that. Mary says, I'm not going to wait until the sun comes up. It's Sunday morning. Jesus, our Savior, Jesus, my son, said that he was going to rise again on Sunday morning. So here I am. I'm going to start walking to the tomb where Jesus is at. And look what scripture says. While it is still dark, Mary goes to the tomb. Listen, let me just tell you something. Just because it's dark does not mean that Jesus is not moving. Just because this seems like a dark season does not mean that Jesus has lost his power. Come on, you need to say amen right where you are. Just because it is dark does not mean that we've lost hope. You know what I love about Mary? Man, the greatest thing I love about Mary is that it's dark outside. She hasn't seen any signs of hope, but she still has hope inside of her heart. Let me ask you this question today. Have you lost your hope? Do you still have hope inside of you? Come on, I want to encourage you today. Let that hope just energize you. Let that hope come back alive inside of you again. Because here's what I know. Just because you're walking in the dark doesn't mean that God is not moving in the dark. Let me say that again. Just because you're walking in the dark does not mean that God is not moving in the dark. Did you know that faith is ignited when you take steps through the sorrow? Faith is ignited when you take steps through the darkness. Can I tell you, Mary was moving and taking steps in faith. And while she was taking steps in faith, God was already moving in the dark. Well, pastor, how do you know God was moving in the dark? I love it because here's what the scripture says. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and watch this. I love this part. She found that the stone had been rolled away. In ancient times, they would put them in these tombs and they would roll a stone. Remember I told you that Jesus was buried in a rich man's tomb. They would want to preserve this rich man's legacy, his body. So they would find the largest stone that they could find. Typically, it would be about seven to nine feet tall. It would be impossible for a human to move it. It would be impossible for men to move it on their own, let alone a woman. 
But Mary gets there to the tomb and the stone is rolled away. It's still dark. Watch this. Let me say this to you. It was still dark when she realized that there had been a miracle take place. Can can I tell you? By the time you're watching this and we're celebrating Easter, we're still going to be in the pandemic unless God does something and he miraculously ends this, which he could do. We're believing for him to do. Amen. But should you be, should we still be in this pandemic and it's still dark? There's bad news around. It does not mean that God's not doing miracles in the dark. Mary took steps in the dark. God was moving stones in the dark. God is moving stones in this pandemic. If you will keep walking. Man, I feel the Spirit of God in this auditorium as I'm sharing this with you. If you will keep taking steps. Pastor David, what does that look like? It just looks like this. Man, I'm scared, but I'm going to keep taking steps of faith. I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I'm going to take steps of faith. Pastor, what's going to happen to my business? But I'm going to take steps of faith. What's going to happen to the global economy? We're just going to keep taking. If you will continue to walk in the dark, God continues to do miracles in the dark when you move in the dark God does miracles in the dark why does he do this why is this so significant number two write this down what faith does is faith lifts the weight off of our life you know what I love about this there was no way Mary could have moved this stone on her own it was too heavy and here's what I would tell you this Easter there are some things in your life that you have not been able to move on your own There are some weights on your life that you've not been able to get rid of. Can I just encourage you with something today? Some of us have been wrestling with addictions before this pandemic. You've not been able to stop them. And this pandemic has only accelerated them. It is like a stone. It's too heavy for you to move on your own. There are others of you that there have been relationship issues and it's weighing you down. There's some of you, even as you're watching this, there are financial issues that are weighing you down. And you know what causes us to get exhausted and discouraged and just feel depleted is when we try to move the stone with our own strength. Can I just tell you, there are going to be things in this life, not just this situation that we're living in, but even in the future that are bigger than you. If you look back in your life, there are things that you could not have moved on your own, but because of God, you've been able to get through it. Let me tell you, this situation we're facing, God's going to help us get through it. And when we get to the other side, you're going to see, I promise you, you're going to see, man, God moved something so big. I couldn't have moved it on my own. I couldn't have lifted that on my own. Let me just encourage you today. Let God just lift your discouraged heart. Come on. Let God just lift the worry. Let God just lift and roll away all the fear and all of the the anger and maybe just even all of the mental, emotional things that you're wrestling with. I believe today in the name of Jesus that he is moving. Moving things in your life, in our lives, so that we can have an Easter miracle. Come on, is that good? Say amen right where you are. Look what happens in the scripture. I love this. Mary goes to the tomb. God was at work in the darkness. He was doing the heavy lifting. She doesn't see Jesus and she's literally freaking out. 
So she runs to the house of Peter and John, and she's like, guys, you've got to come see this. The tomb is empty. The stone's been rolled away. In verse number three, it says this. Peter and the other disciple, they started out for the tomb. And they were both running. But the other disciple, watch this, this is funny. The other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now pause for a moment. I just got to say this. This is written in the book of John. John is writing this under the uh, anointing of the Holy Spirit, inspired of the Holy Spirit. I just think it's funny that John is writing this and he refers to himself as the other disciple. First of all, that's funny. But then he's like, yeah, I'm faster than Peter. I don't know about you, but that's fine. I don't care what you think. That's funny that John's writing this. He's like, hey, I just want everyone to know for thousands of years, they're going to be reading this. I was faster than Peter. All right. Verse number five. He stopped and he looked in. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. So Peter's not afraid. He just goes into the tomb. I love Peter, man. He's fearless. Come on. Is there any fearless people watching this today? He also noticed that the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth had covered Jesus' head, it was folded up and it was lying apart from the other wrappings. Pause. What's going on? Peter and John run in. They're in this tomb and they don't find Jesus, but they find the linens that Jesus was wrapped in. Now watch this in verse number eight. Then the disciple who reached the tomb first. Let it go, brother. I mean, John can't let it go. He's like, hey, I just want you to know if you missed it the first time. I just want you to know the disciple who got there first. Again, I'm faster than Peter. We get it. You're fast, John. We get it. He also went in. And what did he see? He saw the linens. Now watch this. When they saw the linens, they believed. When they saw the linens, they believed. Let me ask you this question today. When you look at your life, is there anything left that is proof that Jesus was there? I mean, they had no body, like physical body of Jesus. Jesus did not come walking out of the tomb right in front of them. All they had was a remnant of their pain. All they had was a reminder of their loss. But what I love about this is that remnants of the past is one thing, but pain of the past is something else. Let me just encourage you with something. All of us that are watching this, we have a past. Every one of you has a past. And many times what we do, and especially on Easter Sunday, we'll, we're tuning in and what we want to do is like, hey, I, I don't want to think about my past or we kind of downplay our past. There are some of you that are watching this that are like, man, I never want to talk about my past. My past was crazy before I knew Jesus. I was, man, I was a partier. I was wild. I just, man, I made some bad decisions. Maybe you had some decisions. You're living with the consequences today and you're literally trying to say it didn't exist. It didn't exist. It didn't exist. Can I tell you something? Jesus could have left the tomb and not left any remnant of the past. But you need to understand, God never removes the remnants of our past. But what he does not do, he does not let, let us and make us live with the pain of the past. Man, that's so good, Pastor David. That's good preaching. Amen. I know. I'm amening myself in here. That's so good because here's what I know. You should not deny your past. Come on, this is good for someone that you live under condemnation and guilt and shame of the mistakes that you made and how you were all in with God, but then you ran out to the world and then you just like turn your back on God and now you're coming back to God. You're like, well, man, am I even worthy? Does God still love me? Yes, he loves you. 
Don't deny the remnants of your past. That is evidence. That is proof that you don't have to live with the pain of your past any longer. Come on. We all have remnants of our past, but we don't live with the pain of our past. You need to give God praise right there where you are watching this because Easter, it gives us hope. Hope is here because we understand that God loved us so much that He gave His Son to die on a cross for our sins. And these disciples and Mary, when they saw the remnants of the past, they got so excited because they said, man, only one person could do this. Only one person could heal. Only one person could raise from the dead. And let me tell you something. You can know that Jesus Christ even today. You see, the power of Easter is that on that Saturday, the day before Easter Sunday, we don't hear that talked a lot about. But let me tell you what happened on that Saturday. On that Saturday, Scripture tells us that Jesus went head to head with the devil. He descended into hell. Come on. He went into the devil's territory. He went to the devil's house and said, listen, I know you didn't invite me, but I wanted to show up to your doorstep to let you know I've conquered you. I've beaten you. I have conquered death. I have victory over disease. I have victory over Corona. I have victory over fear. I have victory over cancer. I have victory over alcoholism and nicotine and every other thing and gossip and lying and deception. I have conquered it all. And Jesus left a remnant to show us that he went to battle. Can I tell you the remnants of your past, even the decisions you made that have consequences today? You just look at that and say, you know what? That is evidence of who I used to be. But this is who I am today. Come on, that God has saved me. He has forgiven me. I'm sorry if I'm so excited right now. But I stand to you not just as a pastor. I stand before you today as someone who has been forgiven of so much. I'm so thankful for Jesus. I'm so thankful for the cross because I can look at my past. I've got one too. And I look at the remnants and I say, thank God that's not who I am anymore. I'm not who I'm destined to be yet, but I know that I am a work in progress and God has done so much in my life. Now listen, what I know about this Easter story is it said that they looked at the remnants and they got hope with the remnants. And what did they do? I love what they did. It's actually so amazing. Scripture says they went home. They went home. Where are you at right now? You are at home. I mean, if you don't believe me, you can look right here in verse number 10. It says, they went home. Like you just discovered the greatest miracle ever. Like ever. And they didn't go tell everyone. What did they do? They went home. Why? Can I tell you? Fast forward 40 days from this miracle and the church starts. Jesus ascends back to heaven. He tells the disciples, I'm going to start a church. And where am I going to start it? In your home. See, at the place of the miracle was the place where the church was birthed. I believe this Easter Sunday... I don't believe it's a coincidence. And I feel the anointing of God on me when I say this. On Easter Sunday, he sent them home. This Easter, you could have been here in this room. But this Easter Sunday, you're watching this at home. Could it be that God wants to birth a miracle 
of epic proportions beginning today in your home. Because then fast forward 2,000 years from that, and here we are as the local church today. The church is not a building, it's a body. Brave church, we have not stopped. We just have been deployed. You are in your house today. I am praying this Easter Sunday in your home where the disciples went on Easter Sunday morning that God will do a miracle in your home today and begin something so supernatural that God's power will be undeniable. I want to ask you to do something right there where you are. Maybe you're sitting on your couch or you're laying in your room. Maybe you're at work watching this or perhaps you are in your car right now. I would like to ask you to get to a safe place where everyone is watching. You would bow your head and close your eyes. The greatest thing about this Easter, hope is here, is that I speak to thousands of people that are watching this right now to say to you, it's time to come home. It's time to surrender your life to Jesus. There are some of you that are watching this that you haven't been in church for a long time or Maybe you stopped going to church because, man, you got hurt in church or you just felt like the church wasn't relevant to you. And now you're watching this saying, man, I need God more than anything. I want to speak to people right now, both the Christian and the non-Christian, that you know that you do not have a relationship with God. Easter reminds us that Jesus died on the cross to prepare a place for us so that we could spend eternity in heaven and not go to hell. Let me tell you something, both of those places are very real. What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna pray a very simple prayer. You know what the beautiful thing is? You don't have to join a church. You don't have to give anything to pray this prayer. In fact, salvation is free. Jesus says this, just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and you will be saved. Saved from what, Pastor? Scripture says from God's judgment. Well, if God's not mad at me, then why would He judge me? Because of our sin. Because our sin separates us from God, but that's why Jesus came. And right now, I believe that there are going to be thousands of people that are watching this all around the globe. And this is your day. Why wait any longer? My friend, stop running from God. This is the perfect day. Scripture says today is the day of salvation with every head bowed and every eye closed I want to ask you if you are ready to say yes to Jesus but pastor I've got to get my life cleaned up listen if you wait till you clean your life or fix things you'll never do it you can't fix it that's why we are in the predicament that we're in only Jesus can fix our life well I'm just not ready you'll never be ready come on take a leap of faith today say yes to God today just walk in the darkness but pastor I don't understand everything it's okay I'm a pastor of a growing church here in Miami. Can I tell you, I'm still discovering things about God as well. Today is the first step. Tomorrow, God's going to reveal more to you. That's the beautiful thing, is that this relationship with God is a lifelong journey. You continue to discover more and more about Him every day. So if you're ready to pray that prayer, I'm going to pray this prayer. And as you pray this prayer, I want you to type in the comment section, I have decided... And as you type that in the comment section, 
Someone from our team is just going to celebrate you in the comments as well and celebrate with you the greatest decision you've ever made. Come on, I'm telling you, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. So come on, would you pray this? And as you're praying, type in, I have decided. Say, Jesus, right now, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, forgive me of every sin. I'm sorry for sinning against you, but I'm going to live for you if you will help me. I will live for you all the days of my life if you give me strength. Help me to have hope. Help me to know that hope is here. And I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, I just want to give you a virtual clap right now like an air clap. There's no one else here to clap, but I'm clapping for you. Come on. I want you to know we're celebrating you. I know people are typing. I have decided. And man, we just want to welcome you to the Brave Church family. I want you to know something that we're going to celebrate with you in a big way and that we're going to help you take your next steps as you have said yes to Jesus. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.